Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Evangelist Justin Cooper coming to today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I hope you're having a great day today. I hope that you spent time in your Bible, spent some time in prayer, and try before the sun sets to find somebody to share the gospel with. I say this all the time, but I believe it's true. If you'll do those three things, it'll help keep you and I where we ought to be with God. And there's more to the Christian life than that, but that's a good place to start. Every day, read your Bible. Now, I don't mean read it to mark off a box on your Bible reading calendar. And I don't mean just read it uh, to get through it. I don't mean skim it and uh, do the Cliff Notes version. I mean study it. Sometimes I think we need, uh, we need uh, uh, qu- quantity. But I think in Bible study, you got to look for quality. By that I mean it's fine if you have a goal to read three chapters a day. And I'll be honest with you, that's my morning Bible study is usually three chapters in the morning. And I'll say why here in a minute. Uh, But some of you might say, I'm going to read a book a day, and that's fine. But what about this? Are you reading for comprehension? Are you reading with context? Are you reading and getting the application? I think Bible study is more than quantity. I think it's about quality. I want to study. That's more than read. I want to study. That's more than skim. I want to study the Scripture. So I told you a minute ago, I try to make it a rule three chapters in the morning. Now, I read my Bible all day long uh, throughout the day and listen to it on the audio as well uh, just to get uh, more Bible, and especially when I'm preparing sermons and broadcasts and studies and books and all the things that we do. But three chapters I read every morning. Now, you see, that doesn't sound like very much. It depends on how you go about reading your Bible. I don't just read through it. I am underlining, I am writing notes, I am looking up with a concordance, I'm looking up uh, in a commentary, uh, got a thesaurus and different things. I look at, I, I, I go through the Bible until the Bible goes through me. Dr. Tom Malone would tell people, study your Bible till you get heartburn. What he's saying is you need more than just to get the information. Let the information inspire you and stir you and touch your heart. And I'm convinced we have a lot of Bible believers who are not good Bible readers. They carry a King James Bible, but the Bible doesn't really carry them. They don't have it hid in their heart. And so they have a lot of preferences and no convictions. We see so much compromise today. So much worldliness in our pew and in pulpits too. And I think the reason for that is folks have a casual acquaintance with the Scripture. They have a casual acquaintance with the Holy Ghost. And they don't really have any convictions. Curtis Hudson said convictions are spark plugs for action. What he meant by that is we do what we do because of our convictions. You dress how you dress because of your convictions. You listen to what you listen to because of convictions. You watch what you watch. It's your convictions. You serve how you serve or you don't serve at all. Why? Based on your convictions. And we need more than opinions and more than preferences. God give us some Bible convictions in this day and hour. You say, well, that's not a hill worth dying on. Yeah, but you ought to have a hill you'll die on. 
Some folks don't have any piece of ground they'd fight for. There's some things that ought not be for sale. Some things we ought not bargain with. Some things that we ought not compromise on. And you get those things from your convictions. All right, Ruth chapter number two. I want to show you something maybe you've never paid attention to. Maybe you've seen it before. But either way, it'll be good and helpful, I pray, to you like it has been to me. The story of Ruth is a saga of redemption. It is a story of love. It is a story of second chances. It's a story of grace. Ruth, of course, is a Moabitess woman. The Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy that the Moabites were cursed and separated out of the congregation of Israel. They could have no part in the things of God. She was raised in paganism. She was raised in a uh, multiplicity of gods, worshiping wickedness, if you will, and marked by the word of God. She marries into the family of Naomi. Naomi's husband, Elimelech, dies, and so do the boys in Moab. They die out of the will of God. We've talked about that. I'm not going to labor it today. Naomi is left with Ruth and Orpah, two girls from Moab. Naomi hears the news that God has again visited his people and brought bread to Bethlehem. Let me say this, if God blessed somewhere before, he'll bless there again. God blesses what God has blessed. God blesses Bible preaching. God blesses standards. God blesses holiness. He always has. He always will. God blesses soul winning and so on we could go. Naomi goes back to Bethlehem. Ruth uh, goes out to glean. Orpah has stayed behind in Moab. We never hear about her again. When Ruth goes out to glean, she gets into a field owned by a man named Boaz. While she's there in that field, Boaz rides up, inquires whose Ruth is. When he finds out she's a Moabitess, he does not kick her out. He doesn't cast her off, but he welcomes her and allows her to glean in his field. He extends his arm of grace, if you will, her direction. He begins to provide for her. Now, Ruth gleans from morning till evening. We've read last study, she gets an ephah of barley. She begins to walk home with that blessing on her back. And can you imagine the city as they saw that broken woman with that blessing on her back? They must have thought, where'd she get that blessing from? What in the world? She didn't deserve that, and that's true. She didn't deserve it, but neither do you, and neither do I. She goes home, and Naomi's been in the house all the day long, and Naomi opens the door and sees that blessing on Ruth's back and begins to ask her where she got it from. And Ruth said, I went out to glean today, and a man said I could stay in his field. And no doubt Naomi said, who's that fella? Ruth said, let me think, his name was Bill. No, not Bill. Uh, maybe his name was Bob. No, no there, there's no Bob here. What's his name? Bo, 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 Bo. And Naomi said, Boaz? Was his name Boaz? And Ruth said, that's his name, Boaz. And about that time, Naomi cut a cartwheel, shouted hallelujah, swung from the chandelier and said, honey, you got a right today. You got in the right field. That man, Boaz, Ruth didn't know who he was. She just knew he was good to her. But Naomi knew all about him. And Naomi discloses to Ruth all that Boaz can do for them. And we talked about that last study. Naomi's a good picture of a soul winner. And God help us to be about that going out there to folks who might know there's a God, might have heard of Christ, might even have a cross on their necklace, but they don't know about salvation. They don't know the gospel. You and I can explain it to them in a clear fashion, and we can introduce them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's begin reading in verse number 21, and I'll give you my thought for today's study. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. Now here's my verse that caught my attention. 
So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean under the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. Now, there's a couple interesting things in verse 23. The first thing I like is that Ruth was humble enough to obey Naomi. And that's not the main point I want to make today, but it's a good point. I'm glad Ruth did not say, well, you know, old lady, I'm going to go find something else. I'm going to go do what I think is best. I'm the one who found us this honey hole. I can go find us another one. I'm glad she was teachable. I'm glad she was moldable. I'm glad she could be mentored by the older lady and that she followed instruction. I tell you this much, young person, if you want to be blessed, you follow authority and you obey authority and learn to live by the instruction of those God has placed in your life. It is not oppression to submit I promise you that, not to God-ordained authority. That is liberty. That is freedom. But the second thing I noticed is the timing. The Bible tells us that it's the end of the harvest. Now, up to this point, Ruth has met the need by gleaning. But now the harvest is coming to an end, which means there'll be no more handfuls of purpose in the field. There'll be no more gleaning to be done. There'll be no more fields with fruit in them for her to walk through and pick up and take home. The harvest is about to be over. Up to this point, she has survived on Boaz's provision. He's provided. He's made sure that she has what she needs. But we're going to see if she is going to continue to survive. She needs more than his provision. She needs his person, if you will. She needs to take his name. She has lived off of Boaz's blessing. But now she needs that bond. She needs that relationship with Boaz. And that's where you and I have got to get. We got, I, I'm glad I got there as a sinner. For a long time, I lived off the goodness of God. But sooner or later, you've got to come to the realization, I need more than God's goodness. I need God himself. I need more than just Jesus being good to me. I need Jesus himself. And in chapter 3, we'll begin our study next time. Ruth goes into Boaz, and we'll find as this relationship with the Redeemer begins to unveil itself. Until next time, pray with me for Revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.